Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. We're back once again at the corner of Truth and Courage. Thank you for joining us here today. Uh, yesterday, I kind of started in on the subject, you know, is the church a pleasure ship or is it a battleship? And I got into an old book that I came across, man, my goodness, maybe shortly after it was published in the 80s, Neil Postman, as he writes there, Amusing Ourselves to Death. I want to talk somewhat about that idea that this entertainment society that we're in, we've developed what he refers to as a telegraphical society, and we've left a typographical society. And there's been a downgrade of the thought process here in our country as a result of that kind of a dumbing down situation. It's infiltrated into our churches. And that's why I think that there's been a a serious mistake by pastors in going with the way of the world. And in doing so, they are leaving not just some important principles, but they are not teaching their flock how to think and how to process, how to study, and they're going for the shortcuts, and as a result, they're not building God-fearing people. I want to talk about that in today's broadcast. Before we get into that, though, let me quickly remind you, we're in our year-end fundraising campaign, and uh, we're chipping away at our goal. $15,000 is our goal. We still got more than 10000 still to raise. And uh, you can give three ways to this ministry. One, you can give by giving us a call. And again, the number is 800-616-0082. Or you can give by check. And we ask you to give us a call to kind of let us know what you'll be sending. Make that pledge, and we'll be glad to give you our address if you don't know it. It helps us to know in advance so that we can see where we're at, and then we can stop the fundraising campaign and get on into this material. But... um, uh, again, the number is 800-616-0082, or you can give safely, securely online at our website, fortressoffaith.com, fortressoffaith.com. Uh, this book, written by Neil Postman, Neil Postman is a, well, he's he's now passed on, a professor at uh, the University of New York, certainly not a conservative school, but he certainly had conservative thoughts and teachings. He wrote his book in 1985, and he was concerned way back then at how much time we're giving to the media and how less time we're given to books and and some of the methods that's going on in education. Educators were being forced to turn to uh, entertainment to teach, rather than uh, disciplining children to learn how to think and process information, to go to the shortcuts and to move on. Now, let me tell you a story. I don't know if I told it with you yesterday, but uh, there's a, a very valid example here. I remember my childhood. And those of you that go back, you know, you've been here maybe five decades here in this world like I have. Certainly a lot has changed in our world. Some of you, you've seen more of it. You've been here longer. 
Um, but I remember in my childhood, my folks doing a vacation Bible school. And even that in itself was cutting edge in a way. I mean, it was using entertaining things in teaching. We'd already slipped into a little bit of this field. But I'm here to tell you today, even the methods that they used back in the early 70s and late 60s that were quite probably cutting into this uh, entertainment field, you couldn't use those uh, techniques today with children. It just wouldn't work. I mean, you've got kids. There's a, there's, I have a picture of this, 200, maybe 300 people in this room, in this assembly hall. And my folks are doing flannel graph. They're doing action songs like you do in Sunday schools. They were action songs and, you know, high impact in their time. A little bit of gospel magic dad would use as illustrations to impart, uh, you know, truth and, and, and uh, flannel graph and, and they gave them a frozen, you know, what do you call lollipops? I don't know um, what you call them there. But, um, you know, th- these were the things that they used to, I guess, entertain and teach kids, 300 kids, riveted to their seats for an hour and a half. And it only took three adults to coordinate it all. And we're talking ages of five, six, seven eight, nine, ten-year-olds in this uh, auditorium. Today, you couldn't do that. Um, And actually, what they did was more kind of passive in a way, but today it would be considered boring. You know, kids have been grown grown up in a telegraphical society, and they can't think. My son was a math teacher. Now, of course, math is not a subject that most Fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh graders want to learn. I get that. I guess I wasn't. But the challenges that my son was facing in the public school system there, um, they they were numerous because of the lack of discipline and lack of disciplining kids and and so on there. But I I think it goes well, and I want to bring back what, Neil Postman wrote in his opening chapters, he compared two novelists that wrote kind of futuristic novels, what the world would be like. George Orwell wrote in 1949, what the world would be like in 1984, and certain things he feared. And then there was Adelis Huxley, who wrote um, in his book, The New World, back in 1931. And actually, Aldous Huxley nailed it. He hit it out of the park. He really got where we were heading. And I don't know what caused him to see something that uh, others didn't get, but he certainly didn't. Let me read this to you again because I think it will be very helpful to you. He says, uh, we were keeping our eyes on 1984 because that was the title of the book uh, that George Orwell wrote in 1949, 1984. So when 1984 came along, people were kind of, you know, prepared for the disasters that uh, George Orwell had predicted. And, you know, if they did occur somewhere in the world, at least they didn't occur for us. But then it goes on to say we had forgotten 
that alongside Orwell's dark vision, there was another, slightly older, slightly less well-known, equally chilling, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World book. Orwell warned us that we would be overcome by an externally imposed oppression. But Huxley's vision was different. There'd be no need for a big brother uh, we, uh, to deprive us of our autonomy and maturity and history. The way he saw it is that, uh, that we will come to love our oppression, to adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think. Orwell feared that there would be those who would ban books, but Huxley feared that there would be no reason to ban books, for there would be no one wanting to read one. Isn't that kind of where we are today? Orwell feared that those who would deprive us of information, Huxley feared that those who would give us so much information that we would be reduced to passivity and egoism. Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared that the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Wow. Huxley said that people are often controlled, uh, sorry, uh, Orwell often said that people are controlled by inflicting pain, but Huxley in the Brave New World said they are controlled by inflicting pleasure. Not pain, but but pleasure. Pleasure would uh, control us, not pain. Orwell feared that what we hate would ruin us. Huxley feared that what we love will ruin us. And then he goes into a type, we know the difference between a typographical society and a telegraphical society. A typographical society is a thinking society. They have time to reflect and their imagination takes hold of the words and the pictures that are there and it has time to synthesize and and to bring these things. Isn't it true, have you ever read a book and then saw someone put it on film? It's never as good, is it? You know, the pictures we conjured up in our mind as we read those stories and then saw it played out on someone's else, you know, on you know, from what they can convey to us there, it never would meet the mark. A typographical society is a thinking society, but a telegraphical society is a feeling society. And that's what we've moved to. Let me usher us now right where we are today. We're supposedly living in a pandemic, right? A pandemic where it only kills 1% of those that it that get the disease. Only 1% of it will, will possibly die of it. 99% will likely survive it. I'm here to tell you we're not living, we're not going through this thinking. And those who do think and contemplate and consider... Is this, you know, all this fear, all this, you know, reaction and all this that's unfolding? Is it really, are we overreacting to this, perhaps? Those who think and stuff are, you know, being attacked as being troublemakers and not going along with the flow and and just doing as you're told to do. If we get to a point where we no longer think through what the masses and the way they're going, 
we will readily run ourselves off of a cliff into destruction. You know, we are living in a pandemic. We're living in a pandemic of fear. Why? Because people are acting on their feelings and not thinking things through. And this is coming into the church. Into the church where we are is that because we've got this problem there that people are not not likely going to be thinking they'll react more to feeling, churches are moving to cater to it. And yeah, they'll get a crowd, but they're, you know, they have to keep entertaining them to keep the crowd. And when they challenge them too much to think things through and to get serious into the word and to follow it and to live it and to make it part of them, then it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're requiring too much of me. This isn't fun anymore. And they don't want to go that way because if they stop being fun, then they leave and people aren't becoming proper disciples. They have a surface relationship with God, but they have not developed a deep, mature walk with the Lord. They're not getting into the Word because the Bible is, is a typographical thing. You've got you to read it. You've got to study it. You've got to learn it. You've got to memorize it. And that's work. And so as a result of it, we're developing a generation of people that hardly knows God and hardly knows the Word of God. Well, my thoughts were a little random a bit today, but I hope that this message has gotten through to you today. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.